Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. I want to share with you just a little bit. We've been talking about when you fast. This would be lesson number three. And our key text is Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. Jesus teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And he taught about when you fast. Notice he didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. Remember he said that. When you fast. Of these three disciplines, three he talked about giving. He talked about praying. He talked about fasting. I don't think anybody really likes the fasting one. Not too many do. Anyhow. He said, moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites. Did you know you can hypocritically fast? Don't be as a hypocrite of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. There's a reward of fasting and praying. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, wash thy face. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto your Father, which seeth in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So there are open rewards, praise God, to fasting and praying and waiting on God. Now, as we continue our study, and again, it's going to be brief, fasting is an aid in expressing humility before God. Basically, that's what it is. It aids us in expressing humility before God. I want you to notice these three individuals, Ezra, David, and also Ahab, they expressed humility before God in their time of need by fasting. Look at the verses real quick. Ezra chapter 8 and verse 21. This is the English Standard Version. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might, what? Humble ourselves before our God to seek for him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. But I want you to notice the point he made there. That he fasted to do what? To humble himself before the Lord. Then also in the book of Psalms, the 35th Psalm, in verse 13, this is David speaking. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting. And my prayer returned into mine own bosom. And then also Ahab. Look at 1 Kings chapter 21. Look at verse 29. In verse 27, he talked about a fast. They, they called for a fast. But now this is God speaking. Now think about this. God is speaking. This is what God says. See thou how Ahab humbled himself before me. Because he humbled himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days. But in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. So it was deferred as a result of his seeking the face of God. How? By humbling himself through what measure, what means, what expression? Fasting. And so we see fasting here as an expression of humility before God. And this is key. Okay, number two. Fasting also involves the heart of an individual. It's not just the actual act without the heart. It's the heart that's involved in fasting. And it includes mourning, grieving, seeking, praying, repenting, afflicting the soul. All these are included in fasting. It's a heart thing, not just an external thing. Um, look at the scriptures in Joel 2. 
Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with, notice, all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments and turn to the, unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. Notice repenting, mourning, crying out to God, afflicting one's soul. It's all inclusive when it comes to fasting. It's an issue of the heart, not just external, just that I'm not having food. Look at Jonah chapter 3. Here's a situation uh, where, you know, Jonah was sent back to Nineveh. He was kindly persuaded to go back, wouldn't you say? But yeah, so we don't have to go into all those details. Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, now notice this, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works. That they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not. Now how about that one? Can you see your little Shih Tzu? Or Bichon? Or Yorkie? Or whatever little puppy you have. Uh-huh, you can't have anything to eat or drink. We're skipping lunch today. Think about that. None of your animals either. I didn't think you had a horse or a cow or anything like that. Maybe not. Maybe some of you do. I don't know. But it got God's attention. When they made a decision, they were going to wait on the Lord and fast. Look at Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. Same situation. I set my face unto the Lord God. To seek by prayer and supplications with fasting. Notice all the words connecting with fasting. Prayer, supplication, sackcloth, ashes, mourning, affliction. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to, keep, to them that keep his commandments, we have sinned, we have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly, and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. So what he's doing is he's fasting and praying, seeking the face of God, recognizing that they've walked away from God, and he wants to demonstrate a true heart of humility. He expresses humility through fasting. Okay, look at the next uh, Psalm 51 and verse 17. This is giving us a revelation of the fact that this is the true sacrifices that God's looking for. The sacrifices of God are of a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. 
So what he's saying is if it's not coming from the heart, then it's really not acceptable in the sight of the Lord. It could be hypocritical. And just as a person gets baptized in water, there's no virtue in the water. It's a matter of the heart that a person really wants to know God, wants to love God, wants to serve God. I know when I wanted to get baptized in water, my heart was in it. I wasn't going through some motion. I wasn't just doing some work that someone told me to do or that I should do. I really had a burning desire within my soul to please God with every fiber of my being. And I wanted to get baptized in water to demonstrate to him I would humble myself and do whatever it is that you would have me to do. And that's exactly what he's talking about. Fasting is the same way. But now notice this. Look in Luke's gospel, chapter 18. Do you know that a person can, can get caught up in pride when they fast? That fasting can lead a person into pride? Sure. Look at the verses here. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and to faint and, and not to faint. Saying there was a city in a city, a judge who feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. And then he said within himself, I fear not God nor man. It's not all there, but if you go there and read some more, you find out that the man, there was a man that beat upon his breast, a publican that basically cried out to God because he wanted to be seen of God. But the Lord said to him, Look, this man who was not a publican but he, he, he publican but a Pharisee, the Pharisee said, I fast twice a week and I need to be, let's say, received by you. And Jesus said, look, you can fast twice a week all you want, but the man that beat upon his breast and said that as far as I'm concerned, I'm a sinner. I humble myself before you. He humbled himself before God. As he humbled himself before God, Jesus said that man went justified where the other man did not. This man was not justified because even though he was a Pharisee, he took pride in the fact that he fasted twice a week. What was he looking for? Recognition based on his own personal works, based on something that he did. So he got caught up in the pride by fasting twice a week and cried out to God. But God says, I can't hear you. Your pride and your arrogance is, is causing my ears to be deaf before you. But this man who's a publican crying out to God, cries out to God. And he says, I humble myself before you. I need your mercy. And Jesus said he was justified and he got mercy. So a person get caught up in pride and arrogance, even though they fast. So it's not the act of fasting. It's the heart motive that's behind it. And prayerfully, we've been doing it this for these last so many days, two weeks. What we're doing is we just want to seek the face of God because we want what God wants in this place. We want God to manifest his glory, to demonstrate his power, to touch the hearts and lives of people. I'll be honest with you. We want reality with God in this place. We don't want to know what it teaches without experiencing what it teaches in the Bible. We don't want to just know that it teaches that God's will is for us to be healed, whole, victorious, and delivered. We want to experience the reality of those things. We want his glory to manifest in this place and touch the heart and lives of people. That's what our hearts long for and desire. Uh, Jesus addressed this in our main text because he said, look, don't fast to be seen of men. You let your father see what you're doing and he'll reward you openly. And so he corrected their way of fasting by letting them know that. And of course, it's up to them to obey or disobey whatever decision they would make. But look at the next one. God requires humility from all of us. It is a requirement 
And you see, these go hand in hand. If he requires it of us, then it's up to us to do our part, to humble ourselves before him. And fasting is one way that we can express humility before God. Look in the book of uh, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. And it says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Why? For God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. There's a lot here. I'm going to get more into it on Sunday morning. But notice, humble yourselves. It's up to the individual to humble himself or herself before God. Why? Because he wants to exalt us or lift us up in due time. So it's the responsibility of the individual to say, I'm going to express myself in humility before you. As I humble myself, I'm going to clothe myself with humility so that you can exalt me. Notice this. If you clothe yourself, if I clothe myself with humility, exalting us is automatic. You don't have to believe for it. We don't have to believe God for him to exalt us because he says, I will exalt you if you will humble yourself. You do your part. I'll do my part. So if we want to be exalted, if we want to be lifted up, praise God, then he says, just humble yourself before me. And one way that we can do that, we can express humility is by just taking some time. Set, a, set apart a time, even one meal, just miss one meal before the Lord and just say, I just want to be with you. I consider you more than my necessary bread. I'd rather have you, your presence, your power in my life than anything else. I want to grow in my intimacy with you, my understanding of my righteousness and who I am in Christ. And so I'm just going to set some time apart just to humble myself before you. Look at James chapter four, basically saying similar things. James is coming from an Old Testament perspective as well. Do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusts to envy, but he gives more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resists the proud. Notice that God resists the proud. Well, we got the devil resisting us. We've got the world resisting us. We've got the flesh resisting us. We've got our unrenewed minds resisting us and way of thinking resisting us. Anybody here want God to join that team and resist us? Anybody want God to resist you? I don't. Well, he resists. Who does he resist? But he gives grace to whom? The humble. Now notice this. So submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Now notice these same words from the Old Testament. Be afflicted. Mourn weep let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness humble yourselves in the sight of the lord and he shall lift you up you see the revelation of the new testament is one, one of joy one of victory and so we thank god that we're victorious in christ jesus and that makes it sometimes difficult for us to relate to the fact that sometimes there needs to be weeping and there needs to be uh, hum mourning afflicting and crying ourselves crying out to god because some people's lives will never be changed if, if people don't do it and so he says humble yourself in the sight of the lord he will lift you up he will be the one to exalt us in due season or in due time if we will just do our part if we'll do it god will do his part and so we show him or we express to him 
a heart of humility by fasting and waiting on him. Look at Matthew's gospel chapter 18. It promotes greatness. Anybody here want to be known as someone great? It promotes greatness. At the same time came disciples unto Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall do what? Humble himself. How? As a little child. The same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And what's one way we can express humility before God? Simple, just a fast. Okay. But notice he says you're the greatest in the kingdom. How does a child humble? How is a child humble? If you ask a child to come up here, if I ask a child to do something and they respond by doing it without any questions asked, it's demonstrating the fact that they submit themselves to whatever the request is. And what he's saying is we've got to be the same as a child. We submit ourselves to whatever God says to do. It's an act of humility whenever we say yes to what God asks us to do. If he says to fast, if he says to pray, if he says to give, if he says to support his work, whatever it is that he asks us to do as a child, we just respond and do what we're told to do. It's as simple as that. Look at the same thing in chapter 23. It's said again. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. So the greatest in the kingdom, he said, are those that humble themselves in submission to the will of the Father and do whatever it is that he's asked to do. You see, here's the whole point. He's not going to make us do what we don't want to do. He's not going to make us pray. He's not going to make us study his word. Not going to make us go to church. Not going to make us support his work. He's not going to make us love our wives as Christ loved the church or submit to the leadership of our husbands. He's not going to make children obey their parents and the Lord, although that they should. He's not going to make you do whatever it is that you don't want to do. But he says, if you'll humble yourself and do it, I will exalt you. Imagine that. I will exalt you if you'll do what I've asked you to do. So if you want to be a great one in the kingdom of God, then humble yourself. Look at the next Second Chronicles, and it all boils down to this, which is why we're here tonight. Fasting is an expression of humility before God. It's letting him know that we want him and need him more than our necessary bread and food. We'd rather have him than anything else. And what is vital to sustain us in life is our food that we eat. And he says, if you're willing to give that up for me, then it's expressing humility before me, and I will honor that. If my people, which are called by my name shall do what? What's an expression of, you could say, if they would fast and pray, humble themselves and pray. It's an expression of humility. If they would humble themselves and if they would pray and if they would seek my face and turn from wicked ways. What did he say he would do? I would hear from heaven. I would forgive their sin. I would heal their land. Notice, once again, if we do our part, he is saying, I will do my part. 
And so his part is to hear, forgive, and heal. So I pray that you're with me tonight. My desire is to continue expressing our humility before God and letting him know that without him, we are nothing. We have nothing. We know nothing. We can do nothing. And if there are any changes that need to be made so that we can have the reality of what our redemptive rights are, we've got to change and not him.